Hey, hey there, my powerhouses. Welcome back to another episode of Becoming Powerhouse. It is your host, Nicole Overcamp. And for today's episode, we have a really fun interview with Rosanna Berardi. She is the managing partner and founder at Berardi Law. And some believe that careers are by choice and others are a calling. For Rosanna, it is her calling, and U.S. immigration law has been her jam for decades. She is completely committed to it, and over her entire career, she's assisted countless individuals and corporations to transfer over into the United States. She even spent five years at the U.S.-Canadian border as a legacy inspector and trial attorney, and she understands firsthand how the government inspects people and their vehicles. She has worked at many huge law firms before founding her own in 2005 and just has this incredible amount of experience. She has grown her law firm and has many employees and she is known to have one of the best corporate cultures. She is probably the ringleader of having fun and really knows how to get shit done, but also living at the same time. She is not your typical attorney who believes in just grinding it out 24-7. She really understands how to have it all and do it well. She's won a number of awards. She's been interviewed by Forbes, the Los Angeles Times, the Huffington Post, and Political. She's also one of the uh, female founders who were named on the Inc.'s Female Founders 200 list this year. So Needless to say, she has an incredible resume. She even founded High Wire Women, which is a podcast and a consulting company where she coaches other CEO women to help them understand how they can do it all, but not have to do it all. She teaches them the art and the craft of asking for help, how to build systems to get ahead and to do it bigger, better, faster, stronger without burning out and still having the ability to live your ideal life. And she has truly walked the talk over her career while also balancing being a very dedicated and present mom, wife, while growing her company. So, Please stay tuned and enjoy this interview with Rosanna and all the incredible tips that she has to share with you. Welcome to Becoming Powerhouse, where we discuss the tough lessons I've learned while taking my two companies from negative revenue to over seven figures. We'll talk about the raw and vulnerable truths about being boss, as well as tips and strategies you can implement immediately for better business results. I'm your host, Nicole Overcamp, the founder and CEO of Wilcox Financial Group and Powerhouse Coaching. You can see links and other resources in our notes. Don't forget to head over to Powerhouse money.com to grab your free power bundle for business and subscribe to our newsletter. Now let's dive in to today's episode. Okay, powerhouses. So I have Rosanna, Rosanna, excuse me, if I could talk, Berardi here, and I am really excited to have a chat with you because your force and you have so much to share with everyone listening and 
just your experience in general is impressive. And every time I have a conversation with you, I leave in better spirits. So, uh, you know, I would love to hear why you decided to leave your big, fabulous job as an attorney at a law firm and what made you join the crazy side and go private practice and, and start your own shop? Well, I'm thrilled to be on the Power House podcast. It's an honor. So thank you so much for having me. Um, you know, I'd like to say that it was like my lifelong dream and intention to be a law firm owner. <laughs> no, it was a whim. But it was a win that I think was based on my genetics. So um, I'm a first generation immigrant. My dad moved, immigrated from Italy when he was 14 in 1954 and um, was an orphan. His parents had both died. He immigrated to Canada. Really terrible story um, as to why he immigrated. But he was always self-employed. He learned English by listening to Frank Sinatra songs, um, and he had all these odd jobs in Canada. And then he went to, he figured he had to learn a trade, and he went to hairdressing school and started a, a hair salon called Bellissima Hair Fashions in 1964 in Chictawaga, and he married my mom, and they both worked together. So I grew up with self-employment, like it was just just what we did. Like my parents didn't work for anybody. Um, and then lo and behold, my brother is a dentist. And when he graduated from dental school, he's like, well, I'm just starting my own business. So it was just a thing. So I was at the largest law firm in the area right. for six years. And it was, it was cool. It was great. I was wined and dined and learned how to practice law and learned kind of what not to do too. But Long-term, you know, they dangle a carrot at the law firm of becoming a partner, like oh, it's the Holy Grail. And I was like, eh, I don't really want to do that. I don't really like what I see here. I don't want to be here for 30 years. Um, so my dad was always chirping in my ear, like, what are you doing? You have a law degree. Like I started a business with nothing. I could barely speak English. I didn't know anything. And you and your brother have all this education. And so I was like, oh, just you know, just see what happens. And, you know, it's nice as a professional to have a plan B, right? Like my plan B was mm -hmm. always, I'll just go to a different firm if this doesn't work out. But 18 years later, 20 employees later, um, here I am. It's just so cool. I love that. And I love that story about your parents um, and just having the bug. I, I have a similar story, not um, not of my parents, but I just knew that I didn't want to follow the the big financial firms. And, and I mm -hmm. also made a decision on a whim and I joke all the time. Like if I knew what I was getting into, I wouldn't have done it. So it was like right. terrific <laughs> to be so blissfully ignorant, right? Yes, for sure. <laughs> Sometimes for sure. not knowing all the details are a gift. Um, but, but yeah, and, and you've had such incredible growth. And, and even before we started recording, you were telling me that you're 50% up this year, uh, which yeah. is, is just amazing, especially in, in, in the times that we're in, where I think mm -hmm. we're seeing um, probably the most interesting uh, quote unquote recession, if you will, if that's what sure. you want to call it and um, in different trends of business. But I think another thing too, is like, business has shifted from 
um, from the role we play as leaders and what employees look like now, right? I think the mentality is different with the younger generations. What mm-hmm. they want is different. And, and you, I know, are, are famous for having not only a successful law firm, but probably one of the best cultures in the area for your law firm. And, you know, I would love for you to talk about that a little bit and, and kind of how you've instilled such not only an amazing culture, but values within your organization, and especially in a law firm, because you probably get this a lot, like people have this stigma about mm-hmm. attorneys in law firms and what they're like, and and that's just not you. So no. tell me more. <laughs> yeah, so it's interesting because, again, I didn't have a grand plan of building this very unique culture. It was more, the business has allowed me to, to reflect the business reflects who I am as an individual and who I am as somebody that loves people and loves fun and loves to do all these crazy things and loves to work hard at the same time. So as the firm has grown, it's really, if you look at our culture, it's really my DNA, um, you know, reflecting what's important to me. So look, I worked at a a stodgy law firm for six years and it was very, you know, corporate and mm-hmm. the lawyers ate lunch with the lawyers and the holiday parties were separate. There was a holiday party for the lawyers, a holiday party for the paralegals. Never can the two come together. And I was like, what? Wow. This is crazy. Um, and I'll never forget uh, one of the the highly regarded female partners at this firm. Um, her and I were in the same elevator one time and it was around Christmas. And I was like, oh, are you looking forward to the holidays? And she kind of scoffed and she's like, I'll celebrate the holidays when I retire. And I was like, (gasps) I was, I was a younger lawyer and I was like, oh my God, this is what they want me to become. No, no. So when I started my firm, when I started my firm, I was like, I want to start something that's fun and different and unique because I want to go to a place that I love that I look forward to coming to. So that's how the culture has evolved. So we're very deliberate about making sure that people live and breathe our core values. And our core values are all centered around clients and working as a team and supporting our community. Um, And not everybody wants that. You know, some people just want to come in, punch in, punch out, that's it. But we've really created something special here where we work our butts off and we get amazing results for our clients. But we have a good time. We truly are a team. We had a, a spring summit yesterday. I closed the firm for a whole, the whole day, which is incredibly difficult to do when you're really busy. But I felt it was super important to have a day of we learned, we lunched, and then we volunteered at the Ronald McDonald House for the whole day. I mean, we cleaned the rooms, we vacuumed under beds, we dusted. And I gathered my team at the end and said, you know, this is who we are. And did we serve our clients today? Not in a traditional sense of working on their files, but we took a break. We got together, we took a break, we helped our community. We're going to be better for all of this tomorrow when we go back and work on those files. Mm -hmm. So that's how it's evolved. And it's just really fun. And I, I think I've infused the culture of fun, which you don't like law firms and fun are not usually used in the same right. <laughs> at all. And um, I'm really proud of that. Mm-hmm. I 
I love it. And I, I'm sure it's why you've been able to have such tremendous growth because you've, you've got a team that is happy. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think that translates to clients and it's a different feeling that they get, I'm sure, you know, and I, I can speak to that too on, on our end. And it almost speaks to that, uh, I think years ago, and, and it's still there, you know, work hard and working really hard and keeping your head down is the only way to be successful when in truth, I mean, the only way to be consistent, productive and fulfilled is to like work hard, but to take a break and enjoy life because what else is the point if you can't, right. if you can't do that and also be human, you know, we're not robotic. Sure. And so, um, I just think that's so important and, and, and even in our longevity and, and probably how you've been able to maintain, and, and I'm going to have you talk to this because I know there's a ton of women who are going to want to know, like, how the heck did you do this? Mm-hmm. Um, but, but how you've been able to maintain such a rigorous schedule growth, doing everything that you're doing by the way, you have kids and mm-hmm. they are brilliant, responsible humans <laughs> and a husband who is also an attorney. And so uh, I'm sure that you've had to navigate a lot of the like, okay, I want to continue to do everything and and see this like dream and vision that I have, but there's there's a lot that's been pulling you in, in many different directions, right? So um, sure. you know, what are some useful things that you have done or found along the way to just allow you to stay sane and happy. And, and also it doesn't matter what goes on in your life because you still have to show up every day as a positive leader for your team. For sure. So um, behind me, you'll see my pride and joy, Salvatore. Um, He's now almost 17. and, And I started the firm a year before he was born. And um, not sure I'd recommend that. <laughs> but anyway, that's the timing <laughs> of all of that. But um, you did it. <laughs> but I did it. And, you know, I wanted to, one of my goals was to be in his life in a meaningful way. Um, I didn't want to park him with somebody else, you know, 24 seven. Um, and my firm was a lot smaller when he was smaller. And that was okay. Um, the firm has grown based around him and his schedule. Um, when he was little, I only worked nine to two um, because I wanted to pick him up from school. Um, I've never missed a single thing in his life. I've not missed a concert, a basketball game. Um, and to me, that was my priority. And in my industry, that's unheard of, right? There's so mm-hmm. many lawyers that are just chained to their desk. It doesn't mean that I didn't work hard, but I was very aware of the fact that this time with him was finite and, mm-hmm. you know, he wouldn't need me as much today, which is kind of sad that he needed me when he was in <laughs> third grade. Um, you know, he drives now, I don't drive him anywhere. Um, but I knew I could never get that time back. So for me, the growth of the firm was very deliberate. I had an opportunity when he was about 10 years old, um, to merge with, in with a really lucrative firm out in California that handled immigration for all of the celebrities. I mean, you name the network, the movie production studio, um, that was handed to me on a platter to take over when he was 10 years old. And I almost did it. I was this close to doing it. And I remember just saying to my husband, you know, I, I would have to manage people on the West Coast and I'd have to be out there regularly. And he wasn't always going to be 10. And it would really compromise his life. And I thought, 
I have a good job. I mean, okay, yeah, I would have more money. I could buy a better car. I could have a bigger house. But at the end of the day, that's not really what got me excited. Um, and I walked away from that deal and people are like, are you crazy? But for me personally, I had enough and I wanted to be in his life in a meaningful way. So I was able to move the needle very gradually and deliberately. And how I work today is way different than I did 10 years ago. Um, but it's always been a bit unconventional. You know, when I only worked until two o'clock, yeah, I would leave the office at two. But then when he went to bed, I would hop on and work a couple hours later. So, you know, we've got to get outside of these prescribed time periods. We can work now anywhere, anytime. So you do what you can when you can. And mm -hmm. it's not always pretty, as I say, but we get it done. That's absolutely right. And I think that is the beautiful gift of being a business owner or cultivating a culture that allows for that. Because as long as the job is getting done and it's getting done well, who cares when it happens? Because right. you're, you know, to your point, your kid's only young once. And, um, and that's so admirable because I think that there's a lot of women and I see it all the time and in, in parents where they don't stop the beat to think. Right. Um, but then years later, it's the holy shit, that time evaporated. And what what was I thinking? And it's it's very cool that you had the lens and the perspective in that moment to say. But but why? Right. And, and what might I give up to not make this decision? Uh, you know, what were some of the was there any kind of tools or practices or or anything that you used outside of yourself to make that decision, um, because it was a big one, you know, and, yeah. and could have, have gone a, a couple of different ways. And, um, I would just love to hear your thought process behind that and, and what ultimately made you choose your, your son, your family, and, and more, I think, quality of, of life and, and being able to say what I have is enough, which is, is in itself, an incredibly powerful statement because I, I, I think that people too um, don't know what enough means. And right. so I'd, I'd love to hear, um, you know, some of, of your insight on that. So um, really funny because what's, what's helped me grow professionally is I'm a continual learner and I've been really invested in the women's business center, you know, at Canisius college here in Buffalo. Also, Mm -hmm. UB has a center for entrepreneurial leadership where I'm always with other entrepreneurs. I'm in EO, but I didn't have any of those tools when I had to make this decision. And in retrospect, you know, I've, I've often thought, I wonder if I would have decided the same had I had all these tools, but at the time I, I didn't know better. Um, and so there were two things that, that led me to my decision because I was ready to sign on the dotted line. I mean, I was literally ready to take over this firm. Um, and, and two things happened to me. And the first was that, um, my brother who's five years older than me and a dentist, and, you know, we we're raised very similarly. I was getting my teeth cleaned and I was telling him about, you know, this deal and I was ready to sign. And he looked at me and he was like, 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 why, like, why are you doing this? And I'm like, well, it's Hollywood and I can represent this person and that person. And he just looked at me and said, you know, not everybody needs to be a mogul. And I was like, he's right. And I admire him. I admire, he's got three children that are like, you know, my own and I admire him. And at, you know, five years ahead of me, I was like, yeah, you know, do I want to be a mogul? I don't think I want to. 
Um, so, so he said that, and then the straw that broke the camel's back was that I was ready to sign the deal and it was a Friday night and I took my, my son, I don't know, it was like five or six o'clock to the town pool and we were swimming and, you know, he was little and, and this Hollywood mogul called my cell phone and just ripped into me about something that I had no control over. You know, it's the government. Like, I don't make the decisions on your case. Uh, you know, it's the government taking forever. And the guy was just relentless. And that's Hollywood. Mm -hmm. I mean, everyone thinks Hollywood yep. is fun in the sun. And um, Hollywood clients are brutal because they're not used to having to follow the rules. They're used to, you know, they're used to paying money to go faster. And the law doesn't care who you are. You still need to get a visa. You still have to apply for your work permit. And this guy was yeah. such a jerk to me. And I remember standing in that parking lot of that public pool thinking, what am I doing? Like this, this will be my life. Mm -hmm. I will never have yeah. a moment of peace. Um, Hollywood folks have a whole team of people that manage them. So if you're managing Joe's celebrity, there's 12 people that you're dealing with. You know, there's the business manager, the personal assistant, the travel coordinator, and these people are relentless. And I remember just standing there kind of near my car thinking, no, not for me. I don't want to be a mogul. I don't want to deal with this. I have a practice. Is it huge? Is it multi-million dollar at the time? No, but it's enough. It's enough for me and what I want to do. And I was able to walk away. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love that. And, and I think it's so true, you know, is, is that recognition of, um, I could die tomorrow and I don't want to be miserable every day just to make money. Cause what's money for, you know, it's, it's right. to make us happy. And if you can't use it because you're working and you're miserable, why bother? Right. And, yeah. um, and, and I, I, I wish that more people paused and asked those questions, right. And, and is what I'm doing meaningful and will I be, um, if I make this decision today, what will I think tomorrow? Right. I always ask myself that, like, what about yeah. tomorrow? How will that feel? And, and kind of taking, removing yourself from yourself and, in uh, almost like having that like halo right and, and looking down and saying like who is this person and, and what is she doing so I think of course you made the right decision right look at you now but um could you imagine how miserable you would have been? No. and it's, it's um, funny and at, then your son seeing you that way right yeah 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 and at no time have I ever regretted that decision um I yeah. mean my husband wasn't happy he's like what are you doing who walks away from this like this is I mean that it was a yeah. once in a lifetime I mean it was yeah. a phenomenal opportunity, but not for me, not for me. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I often think it was down the East coast. I might've made a different decision, but you know, a three mm -hmm. hour time difference means you're working until 10, 11, 12 at night. Yeah. You know? And I was just like, mm -hmm. no. And I mean, my husband was like, okay, but I think you're nuts you know, kind of thing, but at no time over the years <laughs> have I ever regretted it. The only thing I've ever thought about was I wonder mm -hmm. if I had all my tools, if I would have made the same decision, but I'm pretty mm -hmm. sure I would have, because for me, it was a very sure. personal decision. And mm -hmm. so, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Maybe you would have just made the same decision with more validation, right? Right. Yeah, <laughs> for sure.
Um, but, but awesome. So, you know, and, and over the years and, and as you've grown in the decisions that you've navigated for yourself with your, your partner, your son, um, what, what has been like the most difficult thing that you've, you've had to do and, and then how did you overcome that? Yeah. You know, so, um, people assume because you have a law degree, you know, how to run a business. Um, no, I, I had no idea what I was doing. I mean, yeah, I can get you a green card all day long, but that's not what it takes to run a law firm. So um, <laughs> it literally took me a good, you know, I'd say five to eight years to kind of figure it out. Yeah. And, you know, without that continual learning piece, I didn't know anything about HR or taxes or hiring or fi- when I had to first fire yeah. someone, I was devastated. I was like, I don't want to do this. This is terrible. And I still hate it. But I've come Mm -hmm. to learn it's part of running a business, right? Sometimes you have to make those unpleasant decisions. So, you know, people ask me all the time, like, oh, if I'm going to start a business, you know, what's, what's one tip? Like, you've got to constantly be learning and you have to, Mm -hmm. you can't, like, it's okay that you know how to do your craft, but sometimes if you're the best doer, that does not translate to being the best business owner. It's an entirely different skill set. And that was surprising to me because I thought, well, I'm a lawyer. I, you know, I know how to do everything. I didn't know how to do anything. (laughs) Um, And, and really it's been like a second career because I've really learned now how to run a business and I love it. So I'm not working on files any longer. I haven't for about five years. Mm -hmm. I'm managing my firm and I love that. So for me, it's been two separate careers and it's really been fulfilling. That's awesome. Yeah. And, and I couldn't agree more, you know, and I say it all the time, you have to be an active student of the game. And, um, and I had the same hard lesson, you know, and, and had my ass handed to me that like, oh, you yep. can be really good at your craft, but that doesn't mean business is easy no. or simple, you know, and oh my God, did I learn the hard way of like growing and building a business and, and what that took, but I suppose it's also what made me, um, you know, into who I am today. Sure. And, um, and those things that you learn and how you learn them, I, I think are super powerful, but that is a perfect segue into talking a little bit about high wire women and the things that you've learned and now what you know and how you're helping others truly in, in running their day, uh, running their life without hitting a wall. And mm-hmm. so many of us are, are ambitious and we want to do it all, but we don't always have the the tools or, or almost the permission, I think, like the ideas of like, okay, how, how can we do all of these things and do them all well without constantly feeling like we're dropping a ball. And I know a good part of some of the coaching that you do is, Mm -hmm. is based on just that. So uh, we would be doing everybody a big disservice if I didn't steal some tips from you Mm -hmm. and, and how, how you did it all, but then how, how can we just get shit done? Yeah, you know, there's this, there's almost like a martyr syndrome with most women. Like I have to do everything. Mm-hmm. Only I can yeah. do that. Um, you know, only I can buy the birthday presents. Only I can cook. Only I can do the laundry. No one else can do it. Like get over that. There's no prize mm-hmm. at the end of the day for doing it all. No one cares. No one cares. Took me a long time to learn. Yes. But What I have found personally and in coaching a variety of women is that we live in a world of modern conveniences. Um, We need to stop whispering about our cleaning lady. Like I have someone that cleans my house. Are you kidding me? Loud and proud. 
for the people in the back. (laughs) I don't do any of my housework myself, you know, and, and people say, oh, well, you know, you can afford that because you're a lawyer. Maybe so, but there's different degrees of making your life easier, regardless of if you're making $30,000 a year or $300,000 a year. We live in a world of modern conveniences. And this whole thing Mm -hmm. of like, I have to go grocery shopping because only I can pick my produce. Like, get over it. That's, That's crazy. It's such a waste of your time. Like, is a tomato that important to you? Probably not. Have Instacart do it. Will they get it right all the time? No. But you know what? As long as I don't have to go, I don't care. I just don't. I don't care. Maybe that's, you know, wrong on my end, as long as someone's doing it faster for me. So I've really evolved. People say, how how do you do all of this? Mm -hmm. Well, I do it with a ton of help and a ton of different services. Um, You know, we just started using an app called Sudshare. Sudshare is like the Uber for laundry. You know, you go on the app, you say how much laundry you have, people bid on it, they come and they pick it up. Um, They charge a dollar a pound for laundry, okay? Um, Two big garbage bags of laundry will cost about $25 to $30. Um, I use that twice a week. They pick it up, they take it back, they wash it, they fold it, they bring it back. It's all in piles, like my son's stuff, my stuff, my husband's stuff, the towels, and then we just put it away. $60 a week at my billable rate at my firm, it doesn't make sense for me to do my own laundry. Um, And even if I'm not working, the relaxation factor or doing something else. Mm -hmm. Um, And when I say that, people are like, oh my God, you have somebody that does your laundry. Well, like this is the world we live in, right? I mean, Mm -hmm. who isn't using DoorDash all the time? Using Sudshare is just a version of DoorDash, people, but it's for your laundry. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, Instacart, DoorDash, all that stuff can get pricey, but if you're not using it every day and you're using it to go faster, like you got to spend a little bit to go faster. And that's always Mm -hmm. been my mantra. Um, You know, even when I have parties, I love to entertain and I have parties. I have a few people that come and help me serve at my parties. Um, 40 to $50 for them to come for the whole night. Well, guess what? I don't have to do that. I can enjoy the party. People are like, how do you entertain all the time? Because I order the food, someone helps me serve it and clean it up. So yeah, plug and play, let's go, you know? But there's some shame around that. Like there's shame Mm -hmm. in our culture. Like, oh oh my God, I can't, oh my God. Like, no, stop. We live in a different world. I mean, my mother's Mm -hmm. generation would die to have a rotisserie chicken available to them for $5. (laughs) (laughs) And it's delicious. It's delicious. Like, like, we make it so hard. It's like, stop making it so hard. It can be so easy. And, Mm -hmm. you know, you don't have to do all these things, but if you just did one, like your dry cleaning, don't go to the dry cleaners. There's services that will pick it up for you. Might be a couple bucks more worth your money, right? Like, it's all these little things that are available now. And really the bottom line is to don't be embarrassed. Don't be ashamed. These things have been created for us, (laughs) you know, and I I'm always looking at, okay, why am I doing this? Can someone else do it better than me? Can someone else do it faster than me? I'm always thinking about that. And that's how I can get a million things done 
you know, in, in mm-hmm. a week when, when people ask like, how do you do all of this? And, you know, those are some of my ways of doing it. Yeah. I love that. And I love how you pointed out that women have this tendency to be a martyr um, because they talk about it all the time. And, and so it's, it's a good point because that word sounds negative and we don't want to be a martyr, but we also don't recognize subconsciously sometimes how we are by, by thinking that we do have to do all those things. And to your point, exactly. Like we are living in a glorious time. There's, there's help for literally everything. everything. And so start tapping into that, start using it. And, and maybe a good tip here is the next time you find yourself complaining about something that you quote unquote have to do, like challenge that, you know, challenge it, take pause and say, do I, do I have to do this? And can someone do it better to your point? Or can I just ask for help? Even if it's, if it's a free thing, right. And like telling your spouse to do it or your kids, Um, asking for those little things can make such a big difference on your day to day. And I mean, I always treat minutes like dollars and and it Mm -hmm. sounds like you do too, you know? And so if it is a minute that stacks to five minutes to 10 minutes, that, that equates to money somewhere. And so, um, you know, and even to your point, if it's sleeping, I mean, shit, if I am not well rested, I can't be productive the next day. And again, same deal. Right. So it's, it's really, really important to, to prioritize that, to prioritize your, your and ultimately it just comes back to your bottom line, whether it's your health barometer, um, mm-hmm. or your bank account or, or how you're growing right. your business. So I, I love those tips. Thank you. Thank you so much. And thank you for taking the time from your day to do this interview. I cannot tell you how much I appreciate it. And I know that everybody listening does as well. So, um, Thank you so much. And, and for everybody who has listened to has loved Rosanna's tips, I am going to have her podcast link, Highwire Women, on the show notes, as well as her contact information and link to her law firm as well. Is there anything else that you want to share before we sign off? Yeah. So thank you so much for having me. I'm truly passionate about this topic. I mean, I feel like I, I preach it to, I have a lot of younger lawyers on my team, all these things that I do and the way that I've worked all these years, isn't just for me, that's our culture here at the firm. And I think that's really important, but, you know, I saw something on CNN the other day that said like for the first time in history, most women outperform their partners financially, but, yes. but the list of things that women do still remains the same. And I looked at that and I'm like, man, we are setting ourselves up for total demise and failure. It is not possible. It's not possible to do everything all at the same time. You know, you only have so much time. And I'm sure when you walk into an elevator, into a room and you say to a woman, how are you doing? I'm so busy. I'm so so busy. And it's like, like we, we've, made that our holy grail, right? I want to be the person that does the least and makes the most money. Like that's my definition Mm -hmm. of success. At the end of the day, (laughs) I don't want to be like, oh, I cook Mm -hmm. my own dinner. I do that. Well, no, 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 no. That was another generation. For me, lean into it. Be proud of it that you can do that. You know, leverage your strengths. Do what you're good at and what you like to do. You know, as professionals, we didn't go through all of this to do everything. We, you know, and don't compare yourself to your mom or your grandmother, what they did. They did that because they had to. If you look at the square footage of prepared food at Wegmans right now, there's a reason for that. That is Mm -hmm. not just them saying, oh, we'll see what happens. 
that is intentional because that is how people live. People are getting cooked chicken breast. Like that's what we do. So when I meet women, I'm like, stop. There's no price for doing it all at the end. Lean in, do what you love, delegate the rest and enjoy your life. We are not here to be on this hamster wheel of, oh, I got to do this. No, take a break. Schedule self-care. Before I let you go, my big tip, I recently did this. I spent like two nights alone in a hotel room, not because I was mad at my husband or anything, but it is the ultimate act of self-care to get room service and not have to take care of anyone or think of anything. And I'm going to do that quarterly, even if it's just an overnight, you know, at uh, Salvatore's Grand Hotel or something that pulling back and just breathing is really important. And we don't do that enough. So women, let's do it. I, I love that idea. And I, I can think of a number of people who are like saying that's brilliant um, right now because, and, and I actually, I don't do it to that extent, but I, I need time. Like I'm very much an introvert and yeah. to have time alone to just be with yourself and relax and not have to answer to anybody even if it's a conversation with somebody you love, like there is no shame and and guilt Mm -hmm. on that. It doesn't mean anything is wrong. It just means you need you. So um, thank you for sharing that. Those were all amazing advice. Um, (laughs) And, and so I couldn't think of a better way place to stop. So thank you so much. um, And thank you for sharing all of your wisdom and until next time, powerhouses continue to be great. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening to Becoming Powerhouse. You can find all of the links to our site and resources in the show notes. Let's connect on Instagram at powherhousemoney. And don't forget to subscribe to our newsletter at powerhousemoney.com. Remember, I want to connect with you. I want to hear your thoughts and help you with all the challenges you're having. So engage, send me a DM. And of course, if you're loving this podcast, let us know and go ahead and hit the subscribe button and leave a review. Thank you.